The sermon preached at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, member of the Wells, on July 27, 2014, based on Romans 7, verses 15 through 25. Please stand. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God through which the Holy Spirit points us to Jesus Christ, our Lord, is Romans 7, verses 15 through 25. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out, for I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am! Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God! who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then, I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints, washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. It's like there are two Vicious dogs fighting inside of me, the old Indian chief said to the missionary. Two dogs at each other's throats. And that, in a way, is also a description of what we just heard the Apostle Paul describing his Christian life that goes on inside of him as he lived his Christian life. I do What I do is not the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. And that, dear Christian friends, is also the struggle that goes on inside each of us. How the Christian struggles on the inside. Last week, in the reading from Matthew 10, we heard Jesus describing the outside, the external struggle that comes as we follow him. Jesus said, Do not think I came to bring peace to this earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. For the world hates those who follow Jesus just as it hated Jesus and that hatred can come from even our own families and yet that is still from the outside. Yes, following Jesus brings a cross as the world heaps its hatred on us, its spite, its ridicule. But that's coming from the outside. 
The words from the Apostle Paul here today focus us on the inside of that struggle that goes on in our own hearts. For when we follow Jesus, we not only experience the world's hatred on the outside, we have this war being waged within us. How the Christian struggles on the inside. Now, how did this internal war get started? Well, it got started actually with a wonderful, marvelous miracle that the Holy Spirit performed inside of each of us. When you were baptized, to the water and word of baptism, the Holy Spirit brought you to faith in Jesus Christ, and in that same instant, he created a new self inside of you and inside of me. And this new self, is created in the image of God with true righteousness and holiness. Our new self wants what God wants. That's the new attitude of mind that the new self brings to us. It delights in God's law. And and Paul refers to his new self in the words here today as his inner being, for it's the real him, it's the real you, once the Holy Spirit creates that new self. Yes, through baptism and through the word, the Holy Spirit has worked that marvelous miracle within us, creating a new self. But our old self survives. Paul knew that old self still was at work in him. You heard him describe it. I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. Do you hear how corrupt that sinful nature, that old self is? Nothing, nothing good lives in it. Even the apparent good that the old self does is fully rotten and thoroughly spoiled with selfishness and other evil desires. And that's the old self that used to fully control you and me. It controlled all of our wants and desires, our thoughts and attitudes, our emotions and feelings, our words and actions. It ruled our heart, soul, mind, and will, and it wants its throne back. How the Christian struggles on the inside. Unlike the unbeliever whose old self, whose sinful nature is in total control like the top dog, we have that war between the old and the new, raging within us day after day, every moment, deep down inside of us like two dogs at each other's throats. Now, though this war rages, know that the real you is the new self. Notice how Paul brings that out repeatedly, that sense that, 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 that his real self, his real I, the real him, wants to do what God wants. And that's the real new self. That's you. That's why Paul says, I have the desire to do what is good. And so do we as Christians. And yet notice how powerful that old self is. Even in a great Christian like the Apostle Paul, I, he writes, I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. What I do is not the good that I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do, that I keep on doing. 
where Paul sees and knows how even the best that he does is corrupted by that old self. Yes, the good that we want to do, we see that we aren't doing because there, even as we try to do it, our sinful nature is corrupting it. Our sinful nature, our old self, wages that war, taking us captive, selling us again as slaves to sin. How powerful it is. What a struggle goes on inside of each of us, dear Christians. We want to fear, love, and trust in God above all things, but we fail to. We want to patiently bear our cross and whatever other troubles may come, and yet we find ourselves questioning God or or indulging in self-pity. We want to lay out our hearts before God in prayer as dear children going to their dear father. And yet not only are we slow to pray, but even when we do pray, we struggle with those doubts that wonder whether God actually hears, values, and answers our prayers. We want to live in that godly contentment that relies on our Heavenly Father to take care of us day in and day out. But we grumble and complain when we see how the wicked appear to prosper. And on the other hand, those who are godly, things don't always go well for them or for us. I want to carry out my calling as a husband and as a father. And yet I see how my love is constantly corrupted by my own self-interest. Has anyone ever carried out their role in life, their calling in life, in the way that God wants us to? Has anyone ever truly loved their neighbor as themselves without a hint of selfishness or self-interest? And even as we witness this war going on inside of us, we can begin to become angry and upset with God that the Christian life is so hard. What wretched people we are. As we witness this war, As we feel it, what wretched people we are. For how powerful that old self is. It corrupts all that we do. We look on our life in horror like a train wreck of death and destruction. What a wretched man I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? And then the new self answers. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Our peace does not come from inside ourselves, but from outside. When we look inside, we see only that war raging. But on the outside, we see Jesus Christ, our Lord, who speaks to wretched people like us and says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. We see Jesus. And think of what that name means. Jesus means the Lord saves. Just as the angel told Joseph, and you are to give him the name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Jesus is flesh and blood like you and me, for he came to save not angels, but us. He shares our humanness. He suffered when he was tempted so that he can help us when we're tempted. 
he sympathizes with us in our weaknesses. For he was tempted in every way like we are, and yet he did not fall. He did not sin. Instead, he gave himself as the sacrifice for our sins. He substituted himself in your place. So his perfect sinless record counts as your record. His payment for sin counts for you. Thanks be to God. Despite that war that rages within us, despite our failure to do the good that we want, Jesus' perfect record counts for you. Your sins are forgiven. Thanks be to God. And this Jesus, he is the Christ. Think of what that title means. Christ means the Messiah, the Anointed One. He is the one the Father appointed to go on this one-of-a-kind mission. The Father sent his Son to do what no mere man could do. He sent his Son, born of a woman, to crush, Satan said, to release us from the guilt of sin, to free us from the fear of death. And so as powerful as that sinful nature within us is, Jesus is more powerful, for he has risen from the dead. He is the risen Christ. He has risen from the dead in victory. He is truly the Christ, the Son of the living God, who brings eternal life to all who believe. Thanks be to God. Despite that war that rages within us, despite our own sinfulness that earns us death and damnation, in Christ, you have eternal life. Thanks be to God. And Jesus Christ is truly our Lord. That wasn't always the case. We could not always call him our Lord, my Lord. When you and I began life, we were foreigners and strangers to him. In fact, we were his enemies. The war wasn't going on inside of us because we were raging it against God. But then the Holy Spirit changed us. In baptism, you were reborn of water and the Spirit. You were reborn as one of God's people, so that Jesus is your Lord. We were reborn as fellow citizens of his kingdom. Baptism united you with Christ Jesus and brings you his victory. In baptism, we have that victory, and faith continues to hold on to that victory calling out, thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Like the Apostle Paul, Martin Luther as well knew of that internal struggle that the Christian goes through. He knew how his sin corrupted all his works, but he also knew the great power of Jesus Christ through the water and word of baptism. And he writes, I know very well that I do not have a single work which is pure. But surely I am baptized, and through baptism God, who cannot lie, has bound himself not to count my sin against me, but to slay it and blot it out. 
Yes, dear Christian friends, our life, the Christian life, is a struggle on the inside. And as we look on our life, we realize that as long as we follow Jesus here on this earth, that struggle will continue within us. That war will go on. And as we see how that sinful nature in us continually corrupts the good that we do, how can we not grieve and ache and pain what wretched people we are? But then look outside yourself. Look to your baptism and give thanks to God. Through Jesus Christ, you have been rescued. You have been washed with the forgiving flood of Jesus' blood. And so, faith continues to call out, Jesus is my Lord, and I am his blood-bought child, For I have been baptized into Christ. Yes, I have been baptized into Christ. May your faith call that out day in and day out. Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.